0: And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners' group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there.
1: This is Phyllis Strong, writer-producer on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Warp 5 on Trek FM.
2: Ready when you are. Prepare for warp. Of course laid in, sir. Request permission
1: to get underway. Let's go. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp Five Trek FM's dedicated Enterprise podcasts. I am but one of your hosts, Brandy Jackola, and with me, as always, is Patrick Devlin. Patrick, how are you, you Kiwi?
2: I'm. Oh man, that came up quick. Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, uh, We're recording on Memorial Day, and we have an interesting topic for that particular day. So, how are you today?
1: I am very well, thank you for asking, and I am looking forward to talking about this topic. That sounds so weird when we're going to say what it is. Anyway, uh, also with me, of course, as always, our friend. We love him. Everybody loves him. Brandon Shamatella. Brandon, how are you?
0: I am doing very good. I am uh, nicely anticipating this next uh week off here not having to edit any podcasts or anything like that i'm looking forward to it i busted my butt last week to get all my podcast editing done so i'm like can just go to the breeze and just relax and not have to worry about it this week so i'm doing good lucky Impressive. i have two
2: yeah i'm Aww. okay with that i'm sure you are I however i am on. becoming the most nicknamed person on the network are you? <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> we got to pat we got kiwi we got stinky pants
2: uh, when what did that one come up, up? Just now. Okay, perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, before we begin our main topic, let us discuss a little bit of feedback we had on our most recent episode that came out, which was number 148, which was about zombies, and we had a guest, Keith DeCandido. Brandon, what did people say about that one?
0: Well, we had Corey Elrod say... The disturbing clip of the Vulcans going insane shown to Archer in the expanse helped set the mood for Impulse. That clip had to be in the back of his mind during the events of Impulse. It's a great episode. I first saw Night of the Living Dead around age 10, and I loved it. I don't like fast-moving and mad zombies. One of the reasons I fell in love with The Walking Dead was because of the zombies, uh, because the zombies were how I always imagined them. Off topic, I got upset with Walking Dead when they spent half a season walking down the railroad tracks only to find an alternate universe crazy Tashi Yar. ER. I enjoyed the discussion. I'm going to check out Keith's work. And then him and I got into a discussion on Walking Dead, and I told him I actually liked that part when they were just, just doing the train tracks for a while. thought it was good. Then we had a comment from Brianna Fern. She said, I can't watch even a a remotely scary movie, particularly zombie movies or alien movies. I tried to watch Cargo on Netflix two nights ago, and I still can't sleep. And that wasn't even that scary. With zombie stuff, it's about losing control and becoming mindless. Degeneration and de-evolution fears. This goes back to Victorian fears and the gothic tales of 19th century England. Something that looks so human, but is so desperately other. For the Vulcans, that was particularly frightening to witness, because control is everything, and to become mindless, seething monsters was more off-putting to me than any human zombie fright.
1: Very nice. Well, thank you everyone who contributed comments to that particular episode. And we did not have any new reviews this week, so I guess it is time to get down to it. This week, recording on Memorial Day, we are going to talk about the crew deaths that, uh, that all happened on the Enterprise NX-01, most of which happened during Season 3, big surprise.
0: <laughs> right. Now, the interesting thing about this, and the reason why I brought this up as a topic, is because if you guys look at our show art for today... Uh, we have an image, now it's it's associated with cracked.com, so I don't know the article that it came from or anything like this, I just know that I've seen this image go around frequently enough, and it has Picard, and it has Kirk, and it has Janeway, and uh, Archer as well, and it basically says what percentage of their crews died... While under their command, so the, the the title of it says percentage of the crew killed while they were the captain, and for each of the people on it, it's got one person to mark one percent. And Archer is something like listed on this is like sixty percent. They're trying 63. to claim that Archer had sixty. What's that?
2: Sixty three.
1: I thought 63%. it was sixty eight. Something like that. Anyway, yeah.
0: so it's in the sixties, uh,
2: which is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Which yeah, which is ridiculous. So we wanted to take a look at this. Now so Janeway is something like thirty five percent. Kirk's, like, 20%, and they're trying to say that Captain Picard had less than 10%. Uh, But, I mean, like, which is weird, because percentage-wise, if you look at it, I mean, percentage-wise, 10% of Kirk's ship would be, you know, 100 people. I don't know if they would count families and stuff in those deaths, because, I mean, in in Best of Both Worlds, or not Best of Both Worlds, in uh, which was the one, Q-Who, right, where they took that section of the ship out, like, you know, 47 crew or whatever, I'm sure the number was, you know, died but that could have been family members as well. So we thought this was nonsense, Mm -hmm. didn't we?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way. First off, could you get a ship back home losing 65? Let's split the difference. 65% (laughs) of your crew?
1: Yeah, Uh, that's two-thirds
0: of your crew. Right. Uh, You just couldn't
2: get home. You'd be stuck.
0: Right. So we wanted to talk about it. So, uh, yeah.
2: And they do make comment of what the acceptable loss rate is in one of these episodes that we're going to talk about later. Oh.
1: Excellent. Interesting. Yes, we there were more episodes to watch than we had anticipated, so we did <laughs> split them up. Yes. Yeah. So, we least... didn't watch.
0: There was two we didn't watch, right? Yeah. There was two episodes we didn't watch, but but we each watched four episodes. So there was fourteen episodes where they talk about people dying.
1: This is correct, and uh, let's let's go ahead and get into this. The first one happens in very early. In season three, in the episode Anomaly, I almost said that wrong, Anomaly, Anomaly, A-N-O, anyway, uh, this is when they first really encounter the anomalies in the Expanse, courtesy of the Sphere Builders, you jerks, and uh, during the Anomaly Anomalies happening, it basically makes the ship drop out of warp, and they're pretty much sitting at one-quarter impulse power. During which time, Osarian pirates attack. And during that attack, they did manage to injure a lot of people, but actually one human did die from his injuries, and that was Tactical Officer Fuller. Yes.
0: Yes. I think it's interesting that they, you know, they they were actually making an effort to not kill somebody until it was really important. And then it kind of seems interesting that they chose this episode to write their first death into the show. You know, I think we're going to talk about that right off the bat. Here we are, you know, 54 episodes, you know, unless 53 if you call Broken Bow one episode. Uh, But I mean, more than two seasons into the show, more than 50% out of what we got until we get our first death. And then it's killed by these Osarian pirates.
1: Yeah. And, well, and I feel like that they're going to do that because it sort of spurs Archer into this new kind of mindset of what he will do in order to accomplish his mission and how far she will push that envelope. So, yeah. And it also shows a frightening visage visage of what could happen to them should they remain stuck in the expanse like the osarians did so because they're not native to the expanse they got trapped in there like everybody else seems to because of the barrier that will let you in but not back out
2: they give this there's a lot of unnamed people who end up dying i shouldn't say a lot but there's a good portion of them that are unnamed but they made sure that the first death is someone that we learned a name of, because that does give you a little bit more connection to that person, even if you right. don't have a huge connection to them, you know?
0: Right, right. So, Brandy, you re-watched this episode here. I remember that it was this one, but what was the scene again? How does he get killed by the pirates? Uh,
1: basically, the Osarian pirates are beaming aboard, and they're just attacking any crew member that they see. And their weapons, I believe, are plasma-powered, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong on that. And they, uh, his injuries were just too severe. The other two crew people who were severely injured were going to survive, okay. but Fuller did not. Fuller's injuries were too severe, and there was nothing that Dr. Flocks could do. Right. And he was pretty upset about it, but it was nothing compared to the look on Archer's face. Yeah, that's the first time we really see that look this yeah, yeah. season, and he, yeah, he, uh, he goes and has it out with the one Osarian that they capture and is in the brig, and wackiness ensues, and a little bit of torture, so. Yeah,
2: so if you, if you listen back to an older episode where I guessed it on, you'll hear at some point me praying that Archer will just start killing people. Um, that during was when this we talked about yeah. Oh, is that the next episode? Okay. Yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. Never mind. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it all started here. Archer Archer, and me both started wanting to kill people at this moment.
0: <laughs> the, uh, But it is interesting that they did it so early in season three as well because it's letting them know that this is such a dangerous place. They've gone two years without any crew member dying, and then basically almost as soon as they get into the expanse, people start dying.
1: Mhm and it's only the first of many unfortunately yeah. but you have to expect that because they basically have the mindset that they're going to war so they're preparing and more importantly
2: this gives the viewer the, yeah. the 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 information they need to know no we're going to war this isn't going to right. going to end well for everybody
1: true very true so yeah that was the first one and the one that really kind of sets, well, as far as screen, uh, not counting the book that happened between Anomaly and the episode prior to it. Uh, last full measure, read it. Anyway, uh, It's it sets the mindset and the attitude of Archer for the rest of this season. And yeah. he continues to progress on how far he will go to get things done. How yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and you can see how uncomfortable Malcolm is when he when you know, he finally lets that poor Osarian out of the airlock without killing him. And and at and at that moment, we all start to wonder as a viewer, we start to wonder would he have would he have killed him? Would he have?
0: I think he would have.
1: I think he would have too. I do too. But, you know, we're not quite at that point yet as far as viewers, you know, we just are wondering at that point. So There's our first death. Uh, Shall we move on to the next two deaths, which happen in Rajin? And uh, I had forgotten a lot of the details of this episode until I watched it again, and I'm like, oh yeah, this one... And I actually liked it better. I didn't hate it the first time around, but I was annoyed by it a lot of the time because I'm just like, why doesn't someone just punch this woman in the throat? But,
2: (laughs) oh, you must have listened to our old episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, but I, knowing the outcome of it helped a lot more this time around for me because, uh, I wasn't as frustrated. But uh, yeah, basically the two unnamed humans are shot by a Zindi bioweapon when coming to retrieve Rajin from the brig so that they can get these scans, so to speak. (laughs) I guess it's her way of scanning. I don't really understand exactly what she did, but uh, whatever she did, it was giving them genetic information on the humans and apparently one Vulcan as well. So, so that they could start their biological warfare research. That's fun. So, yeah, the thing that I am not clear on, even after watching this episode, is which humans were the ones that died from which weapon, because there were a couple of different weapons. There was a standard sort of, you know, phaser type gun. And then there was another one that they just basically shot a blob into the wall. And then all of these projectiles came out of it.
2: So I, I definitely think that killed somebody.
1: I, yeah. I think that that's I the hope case, that killed but... somebody. You're so bloodthirsty. No, I just I just mean if that didn't work, then what's the use? It's such a great
2: weapon. It, it's got to kill. So if people are going to die anyway and we know they die, that's got to be one of the deaths.
1: Yes, because there yeah. were there were many people who were shot during that particular unauthorized boarding of the Zindi. Uh, but I, I feel that it was the two people, two of the three people that were hit with the projectiles. What do you right. think, Brandon?
0: I agree, absolutely. That weapon was pretty cool. Uh, it was a pretty neat weapon, and I think that's where they were probably killed, so the the crew members. And it's, again, here we got this, you know, this strike force that's happening on the ship, and that's the, the frustrating thing about seeing that picture online with that stats. You know, like, we'll pro- I want to say this again later, but I want to say it now too, is that Archer went two seasons without anybody dying, and it wasn't until he put himself in a war zone and he's on the offensive where his first crew members started to die, you know?
2: And he had no choice. He didn't, like, you know, you say you say he put it himself in a war It wasn't because of bad decision-making that these crew members did. No, no, he was forced to go to war. Right. They blew up, uh, you know, they cut a hole through Florida and much of the rest of the eastern seaboard. Right.
1: Yeah, it's 17 million people died, so. Yes, right. we're,
2: we're going to read every name of that later.
1: Every single name. Buckle in. This is going to be a 15-hour podcast.
2: Yes. (laughs) There's a lot of C. Smiths, though. Don't worry. Yeah. We're only going to read the same name once.
1: Collectively, there are 27 (laughs) C. Smiths. Anyway, uh, (laughs) so those are the two in Regine. The next one up is Similitude. We all know what the death is in that one. And I thought this time when I've watched it I, I wouldn't be as emotionally infective. Oh no, no, no. I was still ugly <laughs> crying. There was sobbing. There was sobbing. I just grabbed like a box of Kleenex to start with and just waited. And they really just make you like Sim so much. Yep. It is so they really hard. do a good job. I mean yeah. the
2: episode doesn't have the same impact once you know the whole outcome.
1: Oh, it does. Um, it absolutely doesn't. From, oh, let me
2: finish, let me finish, let me finish. Yeah. From start to finish. Because you, you start off with that cold open, right, of him, and then you, you're confused. That All of that disappears once you've seen it once. But right. you still feel for Sim through the episode, yes. even though you know what the episode's about, you know? So, yeah, I, no, I agree with you. You still have the the, the crazy feelings towards the end. It's just the, the cold open, and that, that whole episode, to me, is really actually great, but- it loses something a second watch because you know what's happening dur- during the cold open.
1: Yeah, well, my feeling is even seeing it for the first time, I'm like, okay, there's no way that Trip is actually dead, so this is either a trick or that's not Trip. That was my first thought. Oh,
2: I believed it. I was, I'm, I'm dumb, <laughs> I but not. I believed it.
1: I did not believe it at all because I thought I've heard nothing about a, a cast member leaving. There's no way they killed someone off in this season. So <laughs> I
0: thought it was things. the JJ verse Trip. <laughs>
2: Oh. <laughs> shots fired
1: ouch <laughs> ouch ouch, 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 yeah, see I
0: questioned at first putting this name on the list, but i'm glad I'm glad that we're talking about it because it is this is one where Archer made the decision for somebody to die, even though to me he's not a member of the crew because he's a clone. You know, I'm I'm not one for clone rights, at least not yet, all right? So I got to go through a little bit more legal <laughs> interpretation before I'm, a, I'm all about giving clones rights. But, I mean, that's also something that's extremely far away. I understand they've cloned sheep and stuff like this, but we're not there yet where, you know, every other person on the street I'm going to meet a clone, right? So it's still science fiction. So my interpretation is this person was created specifically for the sole purpose of harvesting organs right and yeah. this person wouldn't have been created had they not needed this you know and i understand that this person has emotions has been represented in the show but again this this thing was created for the sole purpose of creating an organ so that trip could have a transplant
2: well luckily we've come so far that by the time we get to a point where we could create a sim to kill a sim for organs, we could probably just create the organs and not yes. have to go through the whole thing. So we'll never we'll probably never actually be confronted with this concept, I guess. I this. mean if they
0: could put an ear on a moses back.
2: Right. Oh exactly. please let's not go back there. Anyway. Yes. yes, that's what I'm talking about. Back back there. Back. Yeah, back there. Yeah, right exactly. Right let's back. not go back you. to the ear. I
1: hear you. Oi, 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 oi.
0: See you last episode. Off the rails.
1: Okay, so here's my feelings about Sim. He wasn't officially a member of the crew. However, he was integral to the crew in that if it were not for his idea, they would still be in that big old cloud of gunk and they would have died there. Because it was his idea to do a fusion overburn with the two shuttles. To get some forward momentum, so that the Enterprise could get out of there,
0: Trip would have come up with
2: the two. How do you know? No, I'm I'm, I'm I'm with Brandy on this one. I mean, <laughs> I don't like that Sim died either, but he had to go.
1: Yeah, well, he did, and the the thing that's so heartbreaking is that he even thinks about leaving. He even thinks about escaping, and then he realized
2: why. Where am I gonna go? Yeah, no, I. My only thing, the only hang-up I have is, yes, clones should have rights, but he was created simply for the organs, which is where the confusion comes in. But, whatever, I mean, the whole, you couldn't have two trips on the ship for the rest of the time anyway.
1: No, you couldn't, and that's not the point we're trying to make here anyway. uh, My personal feeling is, yes, it was a clone, but it was a sentient being. That was, yes, he had all of Tripp's memories and such, but he was also creating new memories with the people with whom he was interacting. And so to me, he was a living, breathing organism. It doesn't matter for what purpose he was created uh, or how he was created. He, in my opinion, was still a living, sentient being. And it was heartbreaking to lose him, regardless of, you know, what the end result was always going to be. So ugly crying. So much ugly crying. And it didn't, it didn't only, it didn't even start when the, like the actual death was coming. It was like at the point where he is, you know, talking to, uh, say, you know, saying, well, I've heard that there's this enzyme and it could possibly help me to live longer than in etc." ad nauseum. And that's when I start getting upset. And then before, I mean, when he's saying goodbye to to Paul, basically, that's when it's just like, okay, okay, just uh, give me a towel because the Kleenex aren't cutting it. So. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit of a rough scene. It's, uh, it's heartbreaking. Probably. We'll, We'll
0: probably talk about my heartbreaking scene today, too.
1: Yes. Okay, so the next episode, Chosen Realm, an unnamed human female, is killed by a Trianon organic explosive, and the resulting decompression that happens... After said explosion, this is a hard episode for me to watch because I am a really big opponent of religious zealots. It's just, I I do love the way it ends because, uh, basically it's like, oh yeah, here's the peace you wanted. Everybody's dead. Bye. And they just leave them there. But this one is just, the poor woman was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, uh. Yeah, and then, the, well, then there's Archer's fake death, but we knew it was a fake death, so it's not really technically not really real. a death. See,
0: I always thought that this was the first episode where somebody died, because I this one was such a, like, this death made a lot of impact on me the first time I watched the show, because the way that she, like, looks up before the guy blows up, you know, mm-hmm. and she sees what's going on, you know. I don't know. For some reason, this is the one that sticks with me, and this is the one that I always thought was the first death in enterprise but it turns out not to be i i like this episode a lot i like i, I it's a challenging one to watch uh but we talked about it for our, our season three retrospective with heather barker and you know it's it's not a popular episode and i think a lot of people don't like it because of the religious zealots but i mean to me that's what's interesting about it is because it makes it look so ridiculous because what is it Days of the week, or something like that. How uh, it's how were? many
1: days that it took for the sphere builders to create the universe. Yeah, uh, they say no, they say nine, and the other the heretics say ten. And yeah, I didn't yeah. say I didn't like the episode. I just said it was difficult for me because yeah. I yeah, was really bothered but by.
2: But I do think a lot of people dislike the episode. I, I think a lot of people do dislike opinion, this one. There's a lot of people who dislike it because it just goes over the top with it.
1: Yeah, but how much are, are we seeing stuff like that happening in real life, even now?
2: I,
0: yeah, so, all, I there, all over the place. People get into <laughs> yeah. crazy arguments over the simplest things. And well, it's look, just, when it comes to religion, it doesn't. And matter. the
2: reality is, this season was a nine eleven talking point, which was very religious based. So, yeah,
1: yeah, it's just. Yeah, uh, so that, that this, was... Yeah,
0: this is the death that has the most impact on me in the yeah. season for some reason. I don't know why, but this is the one that I always think of.
1: Well, and I, the way that I, I, when I felt, how I felt when I watched it is I knew that the death was coming. And, you know, she's actually just looking at this guy with curiosity. And then it, it looks like she's going to offer help. Like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And then boom. Yeah. And that's the end of her. And uh, yeah, the big hole right. in the ship now.
2: Which makes it even harder. That, you know, it's one thing when when a soldier, you know, gets killed in a, in a firefight. They they see it coming, but she had no idea.
1: No. Yeah. So it makes
2: it even harder to witness that.
1: Yeah, it it's a uh, it's a very moving scene and difficult to watch. The whole episode, like I said, is difficult for me, but I don't hate it. I think it's actually a really good episode and shows a lot of. Uh, good things and has a lot of things to talk about in how humans deal with each other. And maybe they should take a lesson from this episode of Enterprise to just shut up and maybe listen for a second. Okay, (laughs) so that is the first five deaths in this group. And those all happened during the year 2153, as far as the Earth calendar uh, we're going to move on to our next section, which is spread over 2153 to 2154, because a lot of these deaths, there are no specific dates on which they happened. So it's, we're kind of guessing as far as which year it may fit into. So this one is going to be weird because this one is actually not mentioned until season four. And it's Patricia F. O'Malley, who is a human who, quote, died in a battle with a hostile species, end End quote. Which was mentioned by Archer in Stormfront. Ar- See, Storm I did it again. She yesterday. did it again! <laughs> That's great! I heard it this time! Son of a motherless goat. <laughs> I was really trying so hard not to say it. Stormfront Part 2. Uh, dang it. <laughs> it's, I was practicing all week. Yeah. So, and the only reason that it's mentioned is because uh, Archer has brought an Earthling from the past back to the Enterprise and puts her in Patricia's quarters. And, you know, she asks, well, where is this woman? And that's what he says. is he, She died in a battle with a hostile species. Right. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it gets is- fishy, too, because this might even be one of the 18 that we talk about in the next one, right? So, yeah. it, it's hard to know. It's hard to tell. Right, because a lot of the people that we're talking about next, it's just a bulk group of people.
1: Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so that one doesn't really require a lot of discussion. <laughs> so, because we didn't see it, or we may have seen yeah. it, we didn't know it. Yeah. So, let's move on to the one with the highest body count, which is Azadi Prime.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. And then while while we were doing a research for this, so I watched uh, The Forgotten, and it was in The Forgotten that we learned that there was 18 people that died in this
2: battle. So so right? here's what's interesting. So I watched the Zodi Prime, and I couldn't believe that we had such low numbers. And then we found out, because Brandon watched the next one, that we didn't have low numbers.
0: Yeah. Well, there's damage in between as well. So yeah. it was the Zodi Prime, the damage, than the Forgotten. But, yeah, so they're talking about how 18 people died. So this Patricia F. O'Malley, she could have been one of the 18. Exactly. And that would be my guess... Yeah, we'll, so, we can
1: attribute it to that. I would. Yeah, think. let's
0: do that because I think we'll come up with a total at the end of this, like how many people died under Archer's command. Oh,
1: I already have the total.
0: Oh, nice. So, <laughs> so we'll take off one off of that total, right?
1: Yeah. Well, no, it's uh, I, yeah, actually, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you we'll are take correct. one
0: off that total because let's right. let's put Patricia O'Malley in, in with the, the uh...
1: In with the eighteen, yes.
0: And you know what I think of every time I hear Patricia F O'Malley. Patrick would probably get it. I'm totally thinking the Aristocats every time I hear that name.
1: (laughs) I love the Aristocats. (laughs) Because
0: the O'Malley cat, right? Yes. We got Pat O'Malley, O'Malley cat. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I love it. Love it. So apparently.
2: Everybody, everybody wants to be a cat. Wow, we're not doing any justice to the memory of these dead fake people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) uh we have three named humans who uh died specifically jane taylor and kamada were uh, in a section that was decompressed when it was hit and they floated out into space there was a third unnamed human in that group there was three of them that we saw on screen that floated out into space and then there was another one who uh caught on fire (laughs) So that was different than being in the decompressed decompressed section, right. uh, and then the thirteen other unnamed humans. Actually, let's let's put that down to twelve because now we're counting Patricia F O'Malley as part of this. These deaths that we don't know specifically how they died. So we're just listing them as they were killed during a Zendi battle at a Zoddy prom.
0: So I got to make one correction on this. Yes. So Jane Taylor wasn't one of the people that went, got sucked out into space. Oh, okay, because in the Forgotten, when trips in the hallway and uh, to Paul brings him that device and he kicks it and he's getting mad, he's like, "And right there is where we found Jane's body." Right. So they found her body. They had her body on the ship. So she wasn't one of the people that got sucked out into space. Mm, so, so yeah. It's, My sources
1: are incorrect.
0: Well, that's okay. I mean, it's tough to get all... Where did you get the information from? Was it... uh, Memory Alpha. Memory Alpha, yeah. So we have to go in and correct Memory Alpha.
1: Yeah, let's do that right after the podcast. (laughs) Sure. So,
2: yeah, if you watch this episode, though, you see bodies flying, like, left and right. So it's not surprising that this many... As I said before, I, I was amazed that there was such a low count at first. Yeah. And then we found out, oh, there wasn't, because in the Forgotten they mentioned... All yeah, right at the beginning of
0: the Forgotten when they're having a ceremony. Right, because you see the guy like 80.
2: run down a gangway on fire and people getting shot over like banisters. You know how they do in all Star Trek shows? People just go flying. Yeah. And then you you do see the three bodies come flying out of the ship. So you do know there's at least three. Oh, they, they could have been dead before they were blown out, but... Uh, possibly.
1: they They probably... I don't know how quickly you die when exposed to space because... I've never been, been there? there. I've
2: been there. I, uh, yeah, well, apparently nice
0: you place. don't have to die if you're Princess Leia. You can just float back in and be fine.
1: Yeah, well, she's strong <laughs> in the force. Um, well, and apparently... Strong in
0: the whatever writing you want to call it. Well, that. we
1: saw that,
2: too, in um, in Discovery, right? I mean, she tricks the, the computer to shoot her across. There's no there's no force field saving her at that moment.
1: Yeah, and in the book, yeah, Last Full seconds. Measure... Measure... <laughs> shut up
0: not me me tomb and comb
1: tomb and comb (laughs) uh anyway in that book there is a sequence where uh the part of archer's party who is trapped on one ship and trying to get back to onto their shuttle the uh the docking ports aren't uh compatible so they have to basically blast themselves out through space and into the shuttle Right,
2: scientifically speaking, is impossible. But yes. okay, exactly. We're not in it for the science. We're in it for the.
1: Well, the way that they glorious. did it, it was plausible, as far as you know. It's not like they just opened the door and jumped. They actually <laughs> caused the door to blast them out with atmosphere. So.
0: Which is what I interpret that uh, Burnham did in Discovery as well. She used yeah. the the sucking motion to force her through. Yeah. Unlike Princess Super Leia. Okay, no, please I, stop.
2: I, I get, I, this
1: is not a Star Wars podcast. I get the point. It's just
2: back to the death. So we had all these deaths, right? Because it's just scientifically impossible for any of that to happen, period. But everything would expand so rapidly, your body would be torn to bits.
1: Right. right. So,
0: now, uh, I checked something out while we were talking here. So 18 is a lot of people to die at one time. Okay. Now, I wanted to check something out. So in 2151, which I think was in the first season of the show, Archer says there was 81 humans, a Vulcan, and a Denobulan. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's 83, 83 people, right? But then they got the, the Makos on, right? And while we're talking here, gonna see, I'm going to see how many Makos came on the ship. Um, I don't know if they ever mentioned the number of Makos. But, I mean, so 18 out of 81 is almost a, th- uh, a quarter, right? Almost 25%. So... Mm, right. I don't know. Like, that's, that's a fair chunk.
2: So about this episode of Zoddy Prime, there's no real overly memorable death. The fight scene itself is what's memorable. Yeah, the massive you know, damage. The right, they don't, they don't, they don't, yeah, they, and that lasts till season four. They don't fix that until season four. Sometime.
1: They don't have time.
2: Nope, they're busy. They're very busy. So busy. And, uh, it shows in the death count.
0: Well, I'd say that the three that got sucked out, that was pretty memorable.
2: Yeah, but we don't even know what their names were. You know what I mean? Like, we know who two of their names the, were, or well, no, one we of their
1: names. Didn't we? Yeah, and we just found out that that's not even true. Yeah, but so, come, they didn't say Kamada. And Larry and
0: Bob. It was Larry and it was, Bob. Yeah, Larry, Larry Bob. Bob,
1: and Kamada were the ones who got sucked out. Okay, okay perfect. But no, okay. So
2: the scene itself <laughs> is memorable. But the, it doesn't have a huge impact on me. That's all I'm saying.
1: That's because you have no heart. Okay.
2: That's probably true, <laughs> but... <laughs> It's still a valid opinion.
1: I didn't say it wasn't. I didn't say it wasn't. Even if I have no heart. I just said you were heartless. I'm a horrible person. <sighs> no, you're not.
0: Moving on. I don't see a number here for how many Makos there were. I don't, I don't see
1: think that. it was ever really so established. They probably never yeah. said
0: it. Yeah, I
2: don't think they ever said it in the universe. Let's just say 15.
1: Yeah, let's say 15. That sounds so we're still like at 100.
2: A we have to get to 67
1: deaths. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Okay, so. Spoiler alert. Yeah, then... <laughs> Uh, the next one, the the next three in a row actually are all makos. And
0: yes. Okay, but I got to pause. I got to talk about the oh, for a oh, second. Oh, please do. So I told you I, the parts where I where it rips my heart out. So the, the so like a second place ripping my heart out moment is when uh, Trip is in the hallway with the Paul and he's talking about having to write that letter and he keeps thinking about his sister mm-hmm. and how he just cracks at that point and he finally learns he's finally accepting his sister's death and realizing that she was important to him, that part rips my heart out every time I see it.
1: Yeah, it is
2: heartbreaking. Oh, you yeah, know, that's a heart. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. I didn't, okay.
1: Not so, so heartless as like you that. let us to believe, a no. Eh? no, no,
2: because when, when Brandon said it, I was thinking there was going to be a specific death, and the scene of the death was going to be what was heartbreaking. But this isn't. This is a little different. No. Yeah,
1: yeah. You're right. It is
0: different. It is different.
1: All right then, going through to our three Mako deaths, uh, they kind of happen pretty much in a row. Uh, <laughs> the first one happens in the council, and it was uh, Corporal F. Hawkins. They ne- we it's, never had first names for any of them.
2: No, they just give them little letters. Yeah, but this Frankenfurter Frank- Fr- Hawkins. His death seems so pointless and unneeded because not not the writing wise, but if you watch that scene, the arm is coming in to get before it grabs him, and nobody can see it though. This thing is massive when it finally gets to him. The fact that no one can see the arms until they get to him drove me crazy.
1: Hmm. I never really thought of it that way, but I just remember thinking, you know, the the thing is, they could have shot at it, yes, but then they risk hitting Hawkins. And so I understand why they didn't fire at it. And then he was just gone. He was just gone. He was vaporized. Yeah, no, it was a yeah. split second. It happens, Once it had quick, him, it was yeah. over. Yeah,
2: but like they, they, I forget who's on the ship telling them it's coming. But maybe Mayweather. It was. Right.
1: Pro- it was probably Mayweather because he was. So the I think pilot. Mayweather was
2: yelling at them. It's coming from, and he's giving them a direction. They're all looking up, and they're like, "I don't see anything. I don't see anything. I don't see anything." Oh look! Well, Reed was there, and Reed was saying right? he couldn't see. Reed it. was the one. And then. Yeah. It grabs it. Basically, it's there. They're like, oh, there it is. It's this massive, like, three-section giant arm, you know, from, like, Dr. Octopus, and nobody notices until the last second it grabs Hawking's, then he's gone. Then they start firing at it. It wouldn't have mattered if they fired at it even with Hawking's because they couldn't do anything to it. It wasn't until the shuttle pod shot it that it made a difference anyway. But what is interesting about this death is this is a very pivotal moment, pivotal pivotal moment, Pivotal, pivotal moment. Yeah. Pivotal. <laughs> pivotal. Whatever. Pivotal. Moment for uh Reed. Because this is where we get the speech where he talks about on any on any given mission there's an acceptable loss rate of twenty percent. And you expect him to say something along the lines of well that's not acceptable, but he doesn't. What he says is, Well, we're way above that now.
1: Yeah. And well, and he even says okay. we're getting just a little too used to losing people. Yes, he's just right, really right. upset.
0: Well, they would be above twenty percent because they yeah. had eighteen in the last episode, plus five before that. Or where you know, I I haven't been counting along here. Uh,
1: so we're approaching. Yeah. 25. Well, there was yes. there was eighteen, and then there was five before that, so that's twenty three.
2: So we're at twenty three percent, and then we still have deaths to go. But but right, but this is that's. I, to me, that's a key moment for his character.
0: Absolutely it is, yeah. And, you know, because they've had so much trouble with him and uh, and Hayes have had a lot of
2: trouble together, yeah. right? They were arguing and all the Yeah, they're hands. too
1: busy trying to measure things rather than actually do their jobs and yes, you know, respect which, each which other.
2: somewhat changes in a moment.
1: It does, it does. In fact, with this death, it changes. Yes. So, yeah. Alrighty, so uh, the next one... This one was hard for me because I had finally gotten to the point where I liked him. But uh, our, our Mako Major, Major Hayes, in Countdown, he gets shot by a Zindi reptilian while he's being transported off the ship after rescuing Hoshi, and he does not make it.
2: This is amazing. It is, it is um, but I have a few things to say about it. First, this is where we do get that that conversation between him and Reed, right? Mm-hmm. Which make you really like him more and like Reed more. Uh, because he says, you know, I don't like putting anyone under, under someone else's command. And Reed basically says, I did the best I could, and he kind of agrees, and w- whatever. Then he moves on, he goes to the mission, right? So now he's on the mission, and he sends out Hoshi and... I forget the guy's name. First, because they can only teleport two at a time. So he tells him, can you hold your position? He says yes. He He holds down suppressive fire while Hoshi and the other guy get transported out. Then the girl to his... Left gets shot in the shoulder. She makes it, oh, they said her name, and I, I meant to remember and write it down, and I didn't. Susan. Yeah, her sure. name's Susan. Fine. That's great. I like Susan. So, But she falls back into the other guy's like, chest because he's standing right behind her. And so they're not putting down any suppression fire anymore because they're distracted. Hayes holds them off long enough for them to teleport out, and then as he's teleporting out, he takes a shot through the chest. The only thing that drives me crazy about this is... Maybe I'm wrong, but haven't we established somewhere else in the universe that you can't be shot while teleporting?
0: So I actually just watched D Space Nine Season 4 Hippocratic Oath today. And in that episode, you know, uh, uh, O'Brien and Bashir crash land on that planet with all those Jem'Hadar Hadar who are trying to get the catch us all White out of their systems. And O'Brien puts a distraction, he plugs something in, it causes an explosion, and beams out, and the Geminar shoots at him, and it goes right through him. Now, I attribute that to better transporter technology, is how I would attribute that in my head. Right? So that's later on, and this is still early on in transporter use. And remember, in Broken Bow, they're like, this is safe for biomatter? We're talking like groceries, (laughs) right? You know, so... Like, they're still you not used to transporting people, so that's how I attribute it. Like, we'll talk about it again when we get to the episode Daedalus in just a little bit, but in the episode Daedalus, uh, Quinn Erickson says the initial transporters took, I can't remember the number, he said either, a, I think he said a minute and a half to fully cycle, right? So this is closer mm-hmm. to the early transporters than what we got in Next Gen, so that's how I would okay, attribute Okay, fair that. enough, because I only
2: bring it up because, and I know books aren't canon, but in the book for uh, Discovery, there's actually a, a big part of that book, or a big part of one of the chapters, is Saru is very calm and loves transporting because he knows the moment it starts, he's invincible.
1: Yeah, but again, this is many years. Well, that's later, still a hundred you know. years. That's right. so,
0: later. It's just why
2: I thought of it because yeah. I remember that, and I don't ever remember seeing anyone actually getting hit. But yeah, I guess in my head, I can I can wrap my head around the fact that. This is older technology, so that it's earlier in the cycle, it doesn't work as quickly, so he's still kind of whole when he got hit. Yeah. The only thing that drives me crazy is if you watch the scene, the the, the shot goes straight through him, but they never really it, it looks more like just a, a wound on the front and not a through and throw.
0: But well it's the, it is, but it's the damage that's going through his heart. Like I was I picture that weapon, so he's slowly disintegrating and then the, he gets shot and it goes through him and it's not doing damage to like his skin and his body it's doing damage to all his internal organs is where the damage is happening cuz it's like be it's partially going through his body right so it that's how i've always interpreted it, is that it's like he's partially phased out he's partially transported out but not completely so i cuz if you look at a transporter it looks like it does it from the outside right in.
2: okay fair enough
0: so, like his skin and stuff could have been gone already
2: right it would have been it would have been phased. You know like
0: if you want to look at it that way, yeah sorry, it, what's that?
2: that would have already phased enough to not be affected Fair
0: to not be affected, but that his his heart and his lungs are still there, and so that's why when he gets fully retransported, he's like,
2: Ugh!
0: And that like that's this first sound that he right. makes is because like his lungs are like gone or yeah, whatever because
2: yeah, he doesn't die instantly either. we do actually see a scene with him talk to to uh Reed again, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: well, that's and when he's dying, he asks for his last supper of donuts. Oh, that was the deleted scene.
2: <laughs> Horrible, <laughs> but we do we do see a bit of a wound on his chest. It just doesn't look deadly. But if, but I can take your explanation and say, uh, yeah, I can believe that. Then we yeah. are
1: all in agreement. Excellent. All right, our third and final Mako death happens in the episode zero hour. It is M. Forbes. I like to uh, imagine that he was actually named for Michelle Forbes. <laughs> yeah, wrote...
0: as soon as I saw that, the first
1: We all between. went there. We all went there in our minds. And uh, he, was, he worked security, and he was stabbed by a Zindi reptilian and then fell really far to the bottom of the Zindi weapon. So there was yeah, no yeah, hope may... of that, uh, him no, coming out dead. of that. Because if the stabbing didn't kill him, the fall definitely did. I always
0: I'm bothered by like those big falls in those types of stations, you know, like the Emperor and the Death Star or, you know, like just those kind of things where they fall these long distances because it's like it on Earth. It makes sense because our gravity is the ground. But I mean, like even if it's like a space station or something like this, like, okay, all the gravity just happens to be at the bottom of the round circle as well. I don't know. Just for conceptually, when it's happening, you're like, okay, yeah, somebody falls, they're gonna die when somebody falls that far. But it's like, would the gravity work that way on a sphere, on a spherical space station? Well, no. But, but,
2: but we question it. Then we shouldn't. They shouldn't be walking upright either. Everyone should be walking at angles, much like we do from the Earth. Exactly. Yeah. You you know, mean, but, circle, circle but they never do. In they're in all just standing opposite, upright right? in the station with the bottom below them. So.
1: Why, why do
0: we watch this stupid Star Trek? I think
1: that it, when it's a, a weapon, that the weapon isn't as big as the Earth. Okay, So I feel like it's not applicable for them to be walking around like they were on a planet. It.
0: Yeah, but if something's round, why would they have the gravity at the bottom of a round object? Uh, and
1: how are be, they creating it? Because they didn't... I don't know. How do they create artificial gravity on the Enterprise? How do, <laughs> Magic. Magic. Yeah.
2: Everyone's boots were magnetic. There's plating. There's gravity plating the expanse, plating. Patrick. Boots, right? So <laughs> magnetic. When boots. they're
0: walking on the so many like, boots. Boots. When they're walking on the deck, there's gravity plating in the deck. They've talked about gravity plating, but if you're falling in a circular object, like yeah, okay, so the, maybe the deck that you're on has it. But you if would you're float falling then, down a big long until shaft. Then to another
2: plate, and then. Poof,
1: Maybe maybe it was those maybe, maybe it, it was those it rings around the outside that was creating the gravity and so it was you know but then that's you
2: why you get all sucked the way to down. them could be
1: I don't know I don't I honestly I don't, don't care at this point I, really I don't. honestly
2: to be perfectly honest I don't I've never <laughs> once thanks Brandon you've ruined every falling scene from every space show I've ever watched in one shot because I've never even thought about it or cared and now and now I'm arguing with Brandy about it
1: <laughs> don't care.
0: Remember that scene in North Star when they had that phase from one shot to the other? And they did an iris? And it's like, what are you doing with the iris?
1: (laughs) They did an iris wipe.
0: (laughs) No, it was a transition
2: wipe. Yes, it was. was. But thanks. You ruined that one, too. (laughs) By the end of this podcast, I just won't like any episode.
1: Yeah, we're ruining everything for everyone. Here on Warp Five, okay.
2: <laughs> You're welcome.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Zero Hour also had a second death. It was an unnamed human engineer, and uh, he was hit by an energy disruption from one of the Sphere Builders, because those women are jerks. So, why why was it all oh, women? Something. I mean, you see the one guy, and he was a criminal, like, or so he said. Well, and then, well,
2: in the beginning, the the wait. There was one guy, but didn't he end up dead?
1: yeah, well, see, that's the one who was in the pod in the in the anomaly, yeah Herbiter. yeah, and so Herbiter. and he was put there to basically they figure out he was put there to see how long he could exist,
2: and that's why there's only women left, yeah,
1: well, that's the thing, and so they keep you just
2: know, sending we, the men off to well, go dead,
1: yeah, go. but go how right. did they reproduce?
2: We don't know. It could be a, Okay, so I've
0: always interpreted them like the uh, the aliens on The Cage, right? Like, the, they're all considered men, even though the main main uh, Th- uh, Thelosian uh, Talosian, sorry, Talosian is played by a woman. They're considered, like, men, I think, in the episode The Cage, right? Which we were just talking with Patrick. He's going to watch again yeah. soon. Yeah, in a while. You, of you course. About, uh, like, and I always just felt yeah, like that so. was
1: an assumption, because how could they really know?
0: Well, same with this. Like, these could be, like, genderless individuals. I mean, we, we had, uh, what was that Next Generation episode? Yeah. The Outcast, right? Like, they they were all played by women, but they were all
2: genderless. So. Yeah, well, we also had Odo's mother in Deep Space Nine, but we all attribute mother. Mother? Which D Space but, Nine did you watch? A lot of people attribute that to, because it was played by a woman, that it was, like, his mother <laughs> figure, you know? But it's, it's, the right. The female but changeling.
0: But she also but, had breasts. But
2: she's just a changeling. And I keep saying right. she, it's just a changeling. We don't know what it was. Right. Brandy is so bored right Randy now.
1: <laughs> I brought it up. It was my fault. <laughs> That's a legitimate discussion. <laughs> it is.
0: See, the female changeling is female because she has yeah. breasts. But of, she made like, herself that. Yeah. Well, they
2: all
1: yeah, just exactly. go to a big
2: pool and asexually procreate in my world.
1: Okay. Uh I think it's our it's us putting our perceptions of gender onto alien species that causes the problem, so
2: but isn't that what I just said in a much clumsier way
1: Oh, is that what you were saying okay, yes. well, then good point, Patrick
2: well, because if you oh, forget it
1: <laughs> oh, no.
2: if get any deeper in this would just get me in trouble at some point, so let's move on
1: okay, so uh yeah. Now we're into the last death that is attributed to the year 2154, which is Burroughs, an armory officer who was killed by the Quinn Erickson subspace entity in Daedalus.
0: Oh, this was such a cool episode. So I got to, this is one of the ones that I got to rewatch. And so Quinn Erickson's the guy that basically invented transporter technology and was expanding it and he was trying to come up with a way that they could transport from planet to planet rather than just ship to ship and he lost his son in a transporter accident so they go and try to get him back from this area of space that's like a void of space the barons i think they called it and he's he's going through and because of this phasing that his body is it's causing all these disruptions and it basically melts burrows his face and whatnot and kills him and then when they flip him over he kind of looks like he went through an, uh, an anomaly like one of the anomalies from uh, the expanse like his face is all oh, messed yeah. up and stuff so yeah so he, that's how he dies in this episode here
1: yeah it's um it's one of those where you're just like what is really going on and actually quinn is the son Emery is the doctor yeah sorry so yeah. quinn was the one who was trapped in subspace and uh, they do get well technically he dies too because they do manage to rematerialize him ish but he, was he a wasn't crew he wasn't crew no but yeah. that was um that was that was sad it was there was just so much sad in that one
0: yeah every time i watch it i'm surprised that they rematerialize his body and it looks and he just looks like him you know, like they're talking about while they're doing it, if you rematerialize him, he won't last long. But when they rematerialize him, he looks yeah, you just would like Yeah, you'd expect normal.
1: him to be like kind of you know, drippy it, or something.
0: Yeah, it always surprises me, <laughs> drippy.
1: <laughs> Melty? I don't know. Runny? <laughs> Runny. Like Camembert. <laughs> 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 I'm so sorry.
2: Gummy bear. Bag of gummy bears left on the. No, 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 not gummy bears. Cabin
1: bear cheese. It can be very weird. I understand, but I'm moving this forward. Oh, okay. Gummy bears. Section. Yes, that's fine. Left in the car in the heat. In the heat. Middle of summer. Delicious. They are. Not really.
0: My friend just had a birthday party and he rented a movie theater. And we watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and so like there's that last scene when the principal goes and sits down on the bus, and there's that girl with the big glasses, and she's like, "You want a gummy bear? It was in my pocket all day, so it's all warm and soft." (laughs) He's like,
2: "I'm sorry, Brandy, that was my fault."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we come to year 2155, and two of these we're still talking about because they did die. They were resurrected, yes. but they did die. And that, yes. of course, was Hoshi, Hoshi Sato, and Trip. And they were both killed by a silicon based virus during the episode Observer Effect. Such a good I episode. love this episode, actually. This is so I really amazing. love it. I think it's amazing and enjoyable. And it gives yeah. the cast a chance to do something different without abandoning their characters at the same time. So I really appreciate this episode very much. And so, yeah, I'm just, I was looking at that and I'm like, okay, what, are they really dead? That was one of, actually one of the best parts for me is when they're dead and the observers go into them. And they're talking, it's just like, oh, this is so wrong.
0: Well, they're not dead at that point. They were, they, they had, they injected themselves with a a sedative and that's when they, that's when they, uh, observers went into them and they sat up
1: oh right okay I missed right? I, I remembered yeah. that incorrectly but I thought that they had reanimated them actually too before they actually were resurrected anyway
0: oh they did yes they did I just watched it today too yes after they die that's right yes Tri- trip gets up and he's like I, I yes, didn't miss
1: right Jeez I didn't misremember I, mis-
0: I just watched this no, thing like six Brandon hours did ago six
2: hours ago <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> So I don't remember. Yes, now I don't remember. I, I remember it, yes. the overall themes and don't remember the episode hardly at all. So I have nothing to add, uh, which is good because I won't be
0: really on television now. I really do love now. this episode.
1: Yeah.
0: The more I watch this episode, the higher it goes up on my list. I don't know if it's passed as my favorite yet, but it my, this might be my right, second. So we just keep making
2: you watch it, eventually it'll be your favorite episode of stu- right. of any TV show ever. Good to know. Good to know. <sighs>
0: So, yeah, we talk with them. They die and then they can, you know, Archer, because he, he keeps trying to save Hoshi, he takes off his gloves, you know, He they decide to risk contact with him and they, he convinces them to uh, to save them and save the crew. He convinces the Organians to save the crew. So, yeah, it's great. I love It this is episode.
1: great. I do enjoy it. But
0: they come back yeah, to life. But they so. did
2: die. So... So we do count them as dead, but they probably are not counted in that 67% or whatever.
0: No, they're probably counted four times <laughs> in that 67% because I don't know how they got to that <laughs> number.
1: True. hmm so. Yeah. And then uh, one final death in the year 2155 on Terra Prime. Engineer Masaro commits suicide after being revealed as a spy for Terra Prime.
0: Yeah, like this is a crazy one because he, like, puts a phaser to his head and shoots himself in the head right, so- right outside the elevator shaft, the turbo lift, right in front of Archer. Like, because he's, yeah, he thought he was doing the right thing and he's like, I'm sorry, just tell my mom I'm sorry. And then he just shoots himself and it's like, oh my mm. goodness.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it makes you wonder why he felt like that was his only option. Was it because of what he was worried about the people in Terra Prime doing to him? Was he worried about what Starfleet was going to do to him? Why was death the better option there?
0: I think he just really regretted his actions. And I think he must have been, you know, part of the per- part of the reason that uh, Elizabeth ended up being mm. born. Like he might have stolen the DNA from them and caused this, you know, this baby to be born who was very sick and whatnot and to be used in this method. So I I associate him being directly related to that.
1: Yeah. Fair point.
2: Which would be Ultimate pretty dramatic. at that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so here's my other one. This this scene here when Trip comes in and right after Elizabeth dies and he's talking with DePaul, Paul, she's in her quarters like praying and and uh he's saying like the the people at the in the Federation Council want to come to the funeral for elizabeth and he's just breaking up oh man this is like the saddest moment in star trek yeah i mean i i I cry
1: when other people cry but when a man cries it really gets to me more because you know men are all raised with this boys don't cry mentality and so but trip was never like that he does a lot of crying which is one of the reasons why i love trip but yeah that one just makes me a mess there's ugly crying in that episode as well
0: Yeah. yeah so good Anything else you guys want to say about uh the ones that we call the real day. Nope. No,
2: we so have- and then and then the series ends and we don't hear anything ever again from the show. Yeah. yeah that's no it. More, that's mm-hmm. it. Thank We're you for watching. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. Mm,
1: we can't
2: guys. <laughs> I know. I it's wishful yeah, we thinking. we got one more to talk about. But <laughs>
1: we got one more, but if you uh, ex- if you want to accept the books as canon, it's not really true. But in the year 2161 Commander Charles Trip Tucker is killed while sacrificing himself to save Captain Archer. Yes.
0: Okay, so I'll tell you. I, I love the books. You guys know I love the books, right? But I'll tell you why I think he dies, right? Because let, even in the books, he goes to Section 31. He goes on this mission to Romulus and stuff like this. Are they really going to make a computer program? that you can use later on something that people frequently use like Troy has used this program right she's talking to she's talking to uh uh Riker about it oh have you have you been the, the chef yet you should be the chef you should try that that's a good part of the program like this is a this event that they would want to keep secret because of Trip going into section 31 and they're going to make a computer program like a hollow suite yeah because
1: it totally reinforces know. the lie that Trip is dead because Section Thirty-One is never going to let that information get out, even a hundred and fifty years in the future.
2: So okay, so I didn't read the book, so I didn't know he goes into Section Thirty-One. Oops, sorry. Oh, spoilers. No, no, but in seriousness, he—that's—that's that's the story. Is the way they write off this death not being real is that it's, it's a, a fake, fake death, death, so he can go to Section Thirty-One, which is very plausible. Yes. Except for the fact that it does come—it's completely unjust to the character.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, like Reed would make sense to go into Section Thirty-One eventually. Yeah, you know, and he does get involved with the books as well. And you can... But you know, I like the retcon because I love the books, and I didn't like how Tripp died in this episode. Agreed, nobody I, so, likes so, how
1: Tripp died. Not... Nobody.
2: <sighs> no, they don't. Nobody. But it happened.
0: Except for Rick Berman. And in my
1: opinion,
2: it's too close to the historical. It's its attempt is to be too close to the historical accuracy of how the Federation started, and to write him into a death. That didn't really happen. Kind of cheapens that to me. Yeah. Okay. I hate the episode anyway. Don't think I'm I'm trying to defend this episode by any stretch. But to write him in that way, it just hurts the character in my yeah. opinion.
0: Shame, shame. Patrick loves these. Are the That's voices. it. All right. It's out.
2: I love them. They're my favorite episode <laughs> of Star Trek ever.
0: Yeah. Get a room. You and we're these getting the married. Just get a room. Here's here's I'm my thing though. The
1: episode. Here's my thing. We never see the body. All right. I'm just saying, we never In see the world, body. In my world, he's
2: dead.
0: Doesn't he? He dies. They see him dead, and he's like they. Push no, no, him no. no. Into he that, wasn't uh, dead.
1: He was. He winked at them before they pushed him into that bio thingy, whatever it is that Dr. Flox uses. Right. I think
0: George Lucas went back and added that. Pink. No,
1: he was alive <laughs> when he went into that, and he was talking about how he was going to be fine. And then next thing we know, he's being reported as dead. We never saw a dead body. Go back and watch it, guys. There's not a dead body. <laughs>
0: it, no, I believe you. And we're, I totally, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I love the books, and it does work yeah. very well. It. The, the, uh, Michael A. Martin and Andy Mangels did a great job of taking that episode and writing a very plausible story. It's very plausible. I'm not saying it's not plausible yeah. at all. I'm just saying I don't know that I buy it because this computer program exists. Right, you know. Well, like...
1: I look at computer programs a hundred and odd years in the future the same way I look at history books written a hundred odd years in the future. How do we know that's what really happened? How do we know this isn't well, an interpretation? Right. You have logs, yes, that may say the bare bones of what happened, but there's a lot of extrapolation that would have gone on into making that computer program.
2: Yeah, but but the yes. misinterpretation of a death is a little. One this important would be a little hard for me to believe was an accident. So the only way, and then if you go
0: by the books, a seven-year gap as well. The only way that or six-year gap program
2: could that. be intent, it would have to be intentional. That he was killed off in that program to hide his involvement in Section Thirty-One.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: that could be it. Yeah. Because it couldn't, it couldn't be a mistaken in interpretation. He's too important of a person on the ship to have accidentally got his death wrong.
1: No, I know that. But By so much. What I'm saying is is that where the season ends with Terra Prime, um, and then they have this tacky Then afterward. They have that one
2: episode that's not canon, and then all those books that aren't canon.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying is there's eight years that happens between, or excuse me, six years that happens in between uh, the events of Terra Prime and the events in These Are the Voyages. That's six whole years. We don't know what happened during those six years. We don't.
0: Right, but if you go to yeah. the books, they've they've taken Tripp's death and brought it closer to Terra Prime. Oh,
1: really? Right. Well, then that's yes.
0: So they they they've brought it basically almost at that point, right? Because uh, let me grab. Here, no, grab I believe
1: you. It's Too late. He's gone. It's just that I would. Man, he's quick. I would think just like how.
0: So I've got here The Romulan War which is takes place in 21 starts taking place in 2156 and there's a couple of books in between right so even there's five years before this death and there's still lots of books after that so they they moved up Tripp's death so by that inconsistency this computer program has six years difference from when he his death happened otherwise so well and and I you can know, sur- I, mean,
1: I can explain that in my mind with that being Section 31 altering the program if it, or just writing the program to begin with, it, it, making sure that this death happened at a different time so that nobody suspects that Trip was still alive and working for Section 31. Just like how Starfleet sealed all the records of trips to the Mirror Universe. So every time someone ends up in the Mirror Universe, it's like, I didn't know that there was this... There's I mean, no yet, record true, it, of this.
2: No one's ever heard of the spore drive either.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's called but, classified.
2: But those those, they, those year gap inconsistencies are a problem. Yeah,
0: that's a big gap. You know, to have six or seven years is a really it big
1: is, gap. It is, but not if you're 100 years in the future. And history has been rewritten to reflect what Section 31 wants it to say.
0: I, I don't know, like... Nobody's disputing with a seven-year difference when, like, Abraham Lincoln died.
1: Yeah, well, at this...
0: But Abraham Lincoln didn't go in Section 31. You know, Abraham Lincoln wasn't a part of Section 31, I guess.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, Section 31 gets what Section 31 wants. That's all I'm saying, really.
0: It's canon. It happened on screen. It's on screen. Uh,
1: Even if it happened on a holiday. Okay, so that makes our grand total of deaths... 32. And that's counting. You I did the take one the out? one out. It was 33. So it's 32.
0: 32. So let's say 32 out of 100. That's 30. Two percent. 32%. Yeah. So. So that's half of what this nonsense cracked article yeah. had. Jerks. If that's where it came from.
2: Right.
1: Brandy shakes her fist. That was, uh, that was just a, uh, that was written by someone who obviously hadn't actually watched all of Enterprise. <laughs>
2: Well, I would right. like to see the article itself, too, because it could be a reason for the ridiculously out-of-proportion number. It is
0: right. And Again, all that I know is I've seen this go around through, you know, Facebook groups right. every once Mu- in a while. You just see Much this like posted. Much like a
2: really bad holodeck program that puts a date of a death wrong. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't that's even believe that. You know. I think he died in the, in the episode, and that's that. I just had to throw that in. But... um no, I I would like to see the art. If you read the article, there might be a reason for the ridiculous number, but because cracked is like a mad magazine, you know, it's like a right a joke. Yeah, it's, it's
1: not serious. The problem is people are now sharing it. I used to read it as though it going is. up
2: as a
0: kid.
1: Yeah, no, I know, I know what cracked is. I grew up with it, so. But yeah, that's even so. Crack is whack. Crack is whack. Don't do crack. <laughs> no. Don't read crack. <laughs> do- <laughs> cracked is whacked uh to be fair i always liked cracked better than mad magazine anyway so cracked never is whacked crack. There's our i, only, episode
0: I only read mad magazine <laughs> i see and I, I never read mad i only read cracked growing up <laughs> I,
1: I read both i liked cracked better okay so that pretty much ends our list uh, does anyone have any final thoughts brandon any final thoughts
0: I just want to go back to the beginning where, you know, he went two years without anybody dying. You know, I think Archer's a good captain. He didn't lose people until a war, and the majority of the people lost were in one really heavy battle. You know, like, more than 50% of the people that were lost were lost in one battle.
2: I got something to say about that. And, And it happened while he was taken prisoner.
0: But it's pro- had he been in command, it probably, probably still would have had significant losses. If, if for
2: people to say he's a bad commander, he was actually taken prisoner because he didn't want to lose any more people, and the war bro- and the fight broke out where his ship, off in space while he's down on a planet being punched in the face, was heavily outgunned in unfamiliar space. So to, right. to claim, you know, to claim he's a bad captain over that is utter ridiculousness. No. To pause the bad oh captain. lord, I didn't say that either. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's not what I was getting at
1: yeah Tapal yes. is not a bad captain either because regardless of who had been in command at the time uh, they would have suffered those heavy losses they would have had that same battle well, so
2: well maybe not they could have surrendered no, they could have never gotten to the battle because they weren't sitting there and he wasn't trying to get information out of them and th- the whole events don't unfold that way and they don't go and shoot them down it's a fact. Why'd they go after them? Because they were there to look for the weapon. Because Trip and Reed found the weapon in 25 minutes and Archer was gone for two hours. And they said, if you don't give us the information, we'll kill your crew. Then he says, I'll give you the information, but I'll only give it to Degra. And then they try and kill his crew anyway.
0: So it is Archer's fault.
2: Yes, but it's not his command. <laughs> <laughs> and the point is, I don't care if it's his fault or not. He's not a bad captain because of it is my point. That's right. That's they right. have a funny way of Go saying it. it.
1: <laughs> no, I never said he was bad. I, I didn't say the Paul was either. That was Brandon. Oh my gosh! Are those your final thoughts, Patrick?
2: <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> did you? Did you're you're try, cracked. And I think we're all cracked at this point. Yeah, it's it's late here. Yeah. Um. So, so were you done with your final thoughts, Brandon? Because Patrick, you're interrupted. I, you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Archer's a good captain. Yeah, I agree.
1: Archer is a good captain. And uh, with the whole Season 3 arc, with trying to find and stop the Zindi weapon, you are going to have losses. It's a miracle they didn't have more. And that's all I have to say about that. But talking about the deaths of crew members on the NX-01 is not the only thing that we've been talking about here on the network. So take a quick listen to this clip and see what else you may have missed on Trek FM.
0: Previously on Trek.FM. Literary Treks.
1: I wouldn't say it's totally different, but I would say there's some difference to it. Uh, you yeah, know, I did see some elements that reminded me of The Trouble with Troubles, and yeah, you know, certainly I'm in a piece of the action. I can see that too. It does have that comedy element, just like those episodes do. But I think this
0: is, this takes it a little further and is a little more mm. slapstick. Uh, yeah, very slapstick So,
1: um,. <laughs> But
0: again, there's certain tones and certain elements that do remind me of those other, those other episodes. So, Warp 5. I do want to mention also that uh, just something that this, this came up when I was working on Knights of the Living Dead. George Romero hated the word zombie. and didn't think of his creatures as zombies. But, um, yes. And, and it's one of the reasons why there's only some overlap between what we saw in Knights of the Living Dead and everything you just described from, from West African and, and Caribbean folklore. Because of that, the, the, the two—basically, you kind of got, you know, undead peanut butter and zombie chocolate, and you wound up with what everybody now thinks of as zombies. Meta tricks. Just imagine the worst-case scenario that could happen, and, and look at all the bad things that have happened in history, and then you realize, hey, even if the, if the worst possible scenario
2: unfolds, that's not too bad in the grand scheme of things right here in the present. I was going to say, some people read Marcus Aurelius, Riker goes to the holodeck
1: the 602 club i i definitely agree i thought that the writer did a great job of portraying han and han's a hard character to nail down
0: because mm -hmm, i think he i think it was really hit and miss in the old legend stuff with han there were some books that really glorified him as a character and tried to turn him into something that he wasn't and that's what else is happening on trek.fm So check out all these shows and join in the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad or Apple TV or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and a written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. We can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps. And you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link as well.
2: We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. So, Brandy. Well, you're not falling down in a weightless environment. Where can people find you?
1: Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Brandywine12. Brandy's with an I and 12 is a number. You can also hear me popping up on the 602 Club from time to time. And I do a podcast with my lovely husband, Dave, called The Dark Corner Podcast, which you can find on darkcornerpodcast.com. And also, uh, they're swearing in that. So please do not let children listen. Your ears will bleed. (laughs) You should hear me when I get on a rant, guys. You don't even know yet. And uh, also you'll see me here and there on the Babel Conference. I don't have as much time to spend there as I used to, but I pop my head up once in a while.
0: Excellent. Patrick, where can people find you when you're not inhabiting other people's bodies, trying to determine if you're uh, if we're worthy of you to talk to us?
2: So when I'm not trying to figure that out, you can find me on the Babel Conference. I pop my head up in, in there once in a while. You can also find me on Twitter at Magic Drop 5 It's one word, the... Five is a number, and you can also find me elsewhere on the network when I podcast with my with my friend Amy on the Edge. So, Brendan, wasn't that my show? Your show? It was your yeah. show
0: once. Oh, that's right, it was a while
2: ago. That's a show no more. So, so, Brendan, where can people find you? when I'm not shoving you out an airlock to get you off the edge. <laughs>
0: You find me crying because my co-host hates me. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter, at Brandon Matella. You can find me uh, over on the Fandom Podcast Network with my friends Chris and Tom, where we talk about Alfred Hitchcock movies on our podcast called Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock Podcast.
1: Yay. Yay. Not on the Babel Conference? N- no, never. You never see him there.
0: Every once in a while, <laughs> I poke my head up in the Babel Conference.
1: If you would all like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron on the network, a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash checkfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trek.fm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more available through our special patrons website, patron zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. And we really appreciate any support you can give us and hope that you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trek.fm.
0: At this time, we would like to thank our wonderful associate producers of the show called Warp 5, which is what you're listening to. We couldn't do it without them. We need their support, and they support our show, but they also support the network as a whole. And our wonderful associate producers are as follows. Norman C. Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flesso, and Chris Trebuzio. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate all your wonderful support. And maybe we should tell everybody what we're planning on doing for the next
1: couple of Let's episodes, do, let's do.
2: Yeah, it's way more fun than listing 17 million names. Yes.
0: Yeah. So the next episode of Warp 5, we are planning on doing an episode about fathers for Father's Day. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be what's coming up next. And the episode after that is going to be our Season 4 Part 2 retrospective, which is the, uh, the augment arc for the start of Season 4. We'll have our guest, Chris Trebusio, on for that one.
1: Sweet. Well, thank you for joining us again this week, Boomers. And as always, keep calm and boom on. Yeah, okay, so next one is Chosen so wait, 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 Hold on, wait, before we go on to the
2: next one. Do you have a heartbreaking scene too, Brandon?
0: I do, but it's it's in a few episodes. I'm just a horrible
2: about. human being. I don't care. Whatever. We'll get on. Go ahead.
0: Oh, there's an episode that rips my heart out every time I see it.
2: <laughs> I was so, just like, oh, they're dead. There's actually two, <laughs> all and they're season. both
0: with Trip. You, know, you're, like, you have it with one Trip, and I've got my other two are with another Trip. You know, the real Trip, not that fake Trip. That copy... <sighs>
2: All right,
1: so so
2: next episode.
1: Next episode. Uh, A poor without um, the
2: copy trip. Xerox trip.
1: I'll just wait till you're done. Check my email here.
0: I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brandy. It'll be a
1: while.